Welcome to Mad World. Welcome to Mad World, everybody. How are you doing today? Don, how are you doing? I am just ducky, Joey. We're getting a little little vision of spring. It's been it's been winter the past ten months, but yes. here it's- we are. I see the sunshine. The the annuals, or I'm sorry, perennials. <laughs> In my bed in front of my house, something just shot up the other day. Oh, that's actually a signs of life. It's incredible. Have that's... you ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia? You, you've seen that. Oh yeah, I was in it. I love. <laughs> oh, that's right. You were Mr. Tumnus, exactly. The fawn. The um the part I love is when the winter starts melting into spring. Ah, oh, it's awesome. Seeing see, start seeing things bloom and it's good stuff. Well, it just took us about several several minutes. To close the door here, I want you people to understand what we're dealing with here. We are not in a ultra high tech professional studio, although we're building one, yes, which is going to be awesome. But we're working in a smaller room now, and we actually just—it just took us minutes to close the door because instead of having a a regular door stopper to keep the door open and closed, we have a 100-pound dumbbell <laughs> as the door stopper. So I just want everyone to understand. Well, because we were watching Joy for 15 minutes try to move it. <laughs> Right, and then I do curls with that when we're done and get a little pump. But it's not, but it's not even like a, a ten pound or it's a it's a one hundred pound dumbbell. There's ten ten pound plates on an old school dumbbell. Anyway, speaking of dumbbells, welcome to Mad World. My name is Joe, and this is Don. And, Hi, Joe. And you Hi, can everybody. you can follow us uh, on the Mad World podcast if you're listening to it. You probably found us on iTunes or. Uh, on your Droid device, you can download the what's the Joy? What's the uh, what's the the app on the Droid device? I actually forget. We're gonna get that for you in one second, and and that's because if you don't have an iPhone, you're not part of you're, you're not you're not an intelligent person. Why are there still people out there that use Droids? I don't understand. Like everyone has an iPhone, but there's some loyal Droiders out there. Oh, we're gonna get some Facebook posts over that one. I hate when you send a group text. And it comes back and it green right. because there's one non iPhone user right. Right. in the text when it should be blue. Right. Have you ever been in that situation? I live in that situation. Yeah, it's the worst. So it do is. I. There's one person who's out there that let's see, I'm getting the info for you. It is uh overcast. Okay. So not it's not overcast outside. Overcast is the app that you want to use, uh, droid users, okay? And um, obviously iTunes is uh, is the is the way to go for for Apple. So uh, here we are doing episode six. Wow, it's six already. Yep, left off last week talking about relationships. Yes, and the importance of them, and how we're blowing relationships up these days. Yeah, man. children's and parents. Oh my gosh, siblings, friends, church church people. Yeah. We're, uh, we're getting good at, in, in America, at blowing relationships up. But if we want to see this country be a better place, if we want to see our families get better and our, 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 our relationships get better, that's where it starts. Right. It's, it's, right, it's, it's, you know, it's all about relationship. Yeah, I think one of the things that I was saying, I don't know if, I, if, if, if uh, we continued this thought or not, but one of the things I was saying is if we're going to communicate, I guess my generation has to cry, try to look past a lot of the things that would naturally irritate us to, uh, with the younger generation, some right. of the things that we did normally, you know, in relationship and communication, uh-huh. in addressing people, in responding to people, um, I guess we have to be proactive and press in and try to get to know the person um, and stop looking at some of those things that divide us. Yeah, 
No, that's really good. Really good. Uh, Donzo, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Yes. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. My eyes are closed. Now, I'm across the room, so I can't touch you in any way. That would be <laughs> Wait, this is, getting, this is getting weird. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I'm, I won't be physically inflicting any of my, of my, uh, you know, my hands on you, but I am going to do something that's going to catch you by surprise. Okay. All right? So I just want you to just relax. <laughs> just relax. This isn't going to take long. I'm relaxed. Okay, that of course is my favorite sound bite of all time. A lot of people may not know that. Now, let me explain why I'm playing that for you. Did you well, enjoy that? First of all, do they know who it is? Well, yeah, I would hope so. It's Iron Mike Tyson. Iron Mike Tyson, the best boxer. Some say in the history of, 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 the, of the sport, I don't think he was better than Muhammad Ali, otherwise known as Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay, a little snapple fact for some of you uh, sports fans out there. But Iron Mike was like the best boxer of the 90s. Oh, he was frightening. I remember, I remember watching <laughs> the, the, the fights, hoping that it would right. go more than a round, and it would be like 30 right. seconds. Next, next fight, you, ha- you rally all your friends together, and you buy it on the pay-per-view, yep, yep, whatever yep. it is. And he was biting people's ears off. <laughs> Exactly. Well, we paid for that. Your dad gave me the tapes <laughs> recorded on recorded on VHS. I was like like eight or nine, right. and he was pumped to give me the recorded tapes yeah. on, on VHS, and I would like rewind them and watch it over and over again. I was like <laughs> enthralled at this guy biting Evander Holyfield's ears. What a good influence for a young boy. But it was it was extremely disturbing for a young boy, yet <laughs> I was strangely attracted to it. I just kept watching I told it. you, I almost got fired over that. So you're probably wondering why I just played that sound clip. Truth be told, here's the deal. We recorded this podcast last week, and we lost the whole thing. Okay, The audio went bad on it. And it was a good one too. It was we were in we were in a um, a fun mood for some reason. Yeah, exactly. We were in a jovial mood that day. I don't know if we had too much coffee in the morning or something, but uh, yeah, that, that the way this started was we were talking last week, which is now this week. So we're kind of in a time warp, deja vu. But we were talking about a story that broke last week uh, about the NFL draft. Uh, I don't know if he got drafted yet. No, or no, no. The draft is on April 26th. Okay. You're talking so about Josh Rosen? He's going to be in the draft, though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, Josh Rosen's in, Rosen's in the draft, and his college coach, whose name is Jim Mora? Jim Mora. Who, so who's the father? What's the father's name? The father name? was Jim as well. Okay, so this is Jim Mora Jr. Yeah. Okay, so the father, Jim Mora Sr., was the uh, coach for the Colts, I believe. Well, also the Saints. Saints, but when he made the fame, probably, if not... The most famous soundbite in all of sports playoffs. playoffs. Maybe we'll get that one for you too. Uh, that this is the guy who did w- was responsible for saying that that famous sports soundbite playoffs. And um, playoffs. There's, there's a couple more good ones. There's, have you ever seen the Iverson one? You talking about practice? <laughs> he says it about 50 times in the press conference. That's yeah. a good one too. But my favorite one of all time is the Tyson one. I broke my back. My back is broken. <laughs> And that's why I just played that for you. And I played that several times last week, and we were just laughing and having a great time. Uh, but getting back to Mora, so Mora's son, yep. Jim Mora Jr., yep. was Rosen's coach in college. UCLA. Head coach, UCLA. He's not anymore. Okay. Uh, I think he, I don't know what happened. I guess he retired from that position. But, yeah, he made a statement right. yeah, that went him. crazy. 
Well, the statement was basically if uh, Rosen probably would not be best for the Browns and they have the number one pick. Right. Because they said he needs to be um, motivated. He Mm -hmm. needs to be stimulated. um, And that probably wouldn't be the best fit for him. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you got to understand, your draft value by somebody saying something, especially your head coach, Mm -hmm. can plummet from a number one pick to the second round or or mid-round. And you can lose literally millions and millions of dollars so there was a big upheaval about that. Yeah, but the big part of the story that I was a takeaway for me was the fact that Rosen, or rather Morris, said about Rosen, well, he's a millennial. Right. So did, did you say this? Did I just zone out? I don't. No, think I didn't said, say yeah. it. No, say he's, it. He said uh, he's a millennial, and he, he uh, I don't know what the exact quote was, but something to the effect of he doesn't just do things because he's told to do it. He, right. he needs to know why. He needs to know the why. Yeah, yeah He right, needs right, that right. to be answered. Which right. is very, very indicative of this generation right. of millennials and young people. They don't want to just do things because they're told to do them. They exactly. want to know the why behind exactly. it. So you're an older, I'm older. An old, I'm, I'm an older, bolder man. Guy. So is that, what when you hear that, when you hear that about younger people, 20-something-year-olds, that need to know why before you know doing something, how does that make you feel? Do, do, do you, do you, um, you know, does that get you upset? Does it act, does it do the opposite? Does it, does it make you say, well, that's good that they want to know more information of the tasks that they're given. I mean, what does that, what does that do for you? Well, actually, if I'm just, you know, and this story was blown out of proportion by the way, right? Cause he wasn't throwing him under the bus. He was not, Maybe you can clarify that. Yeah, He was not throwing him under the bus. As a matter of fact, he clarified that by saying, this is a highly intelligent guy and he may be the best player in the draft. Never mind right. quarterback. So, he stepped up and really, really uh, explained what he meant by that. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're asking me, how do I feel if, if, if um, my generation is giving direction, right, to mm-hmm. somebody and they need to know the whys? I guess because of the way I was raised and you kind of respected authority so far, and sometimes this could be bad, mm-hmm. you basically accepted uh, what they said um, uh, for face value. And right. you were not supposed to question the why, because you already knew the motivation was that this was going to make you better and it was going to make us better. Right. We're going to be able to do a better job together. Why are you questioning me? Right. But I think what uh, Jim Moore was trying to say is that Josh Rosen is not questioning because he doesn't want to do it. He wants to understand the why to be stimulated so that he could do a better job. Right. Hmm. Well, I mean, like I said, that's a great microcosm of the whole generation today. Absolutely. You know, they, they, they want to know why. Right. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this one, and I want to pose the question, Don, to you, but also to the viewers out yeah. there, uh, listeners out there, rather. Is it okay to question authority? Is it okay right. to, to ask why? Right. That already has a negative connotation when you say it that way. Right. Is, it okay to quest- is it okay to question authority? That has such a negative sure. tone to it, but I don't mean it in a negative way. What I'm saying is we have millions of, of young people today, millennials, that they 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 are questioning things that they're told, but it's not in the name of well, I just want to do something different or be rebellious. I mean, I'm sure there's other there are some like that, right. but most of them they want to be involved. They right. want to know what's going on. They want to know the score. Right. They, they don't they don't tolerate hypocrisy. They don't tolerate phoniness, and right. they just want to know the deal. Right. So I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that that type of I think that that type of inquisitiveness mm-hmm. and wanting to know why, the why behind things. Is can actually be a catalyst for relationship, right? You know, for the for the for the business guy that's, you know, the manager and he's sixty years old and there's a new 
group of 20-something-year-olds. Like, they should express that. If they don't understand the task giving to them, they should express it. Yeah. He should explain it. Like, this is this is... This is this is training for relationship right, right there. I, you know, you're you're making a great point. I love what you're saying because basically it comes down: what's the motivation? Is right, the motive? Right. Am I asking a question because I'm trying to be a wise guy? Am I asking a question because I think I know more than you and I'm right. trying to come off with an attitude? Right. Or am I asking a question genuinely because the way I've been trained or the millennials been trained is information is so available all the time. Mm-hmm. You're stimulated intellectually all the time if you want that. Right. So now it's 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 um, a response because you want to understand the why, not, you know, uh, uh, be rebellious like you're saying. I think that's fantastic. I think my generation needs to realize that just a question doesn't 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 um, name what the motivation behind it is. Yeah, that's good. I think we got to really look at that. And can you have, is there such a thing as having too much communication? Like, I know that, like we were both in sales, you yeah. a little bit of a yeah. higher level than yeah. me, but before ministry, we were both in sales. So there's such a thing as overselling. Sometimes right. you can just oh, you know, yeah. say yeah. say what you need to say and then shut your mouth. You know, I've oversold sometimes in my life, but does that translate to communicating as well? Like, are are there times in business and and church and family relationships where, well, first of all, I don't think people are communicating enough. Right. So we know we need to do better a better job of communicating. But is there even a thing? Is communicating too much? Or do you think just communication all the time is aces and, and, and relationship can only improve through communication? Well, I mean, it's not possible, I don't think, to communicate all the time. Right. Like, there's also, you got to pick your times. Like, um, you know, if we're if you're in a major staff meeting or something at work and, and you're continuing to ask questions that's over and over, point. that's not necessarily the right spot right, for that. Right. Sometimes in a group meeting, you're hearing the instruction and you're listening and you can offer feedback. Right. But if you don't have the full picture, sometimes it's better, you know, especially for my generation, it's better to get them alone in an office and mm-hmm. say, can I ask you to clarify a little bit more of that yeah. and develop relationship? Because right. I agree with you. The Bible even says without communication, purposes are disappointed. Like, right. you know, if we're not communicating, um, we're, we're not developing relationship. If we're right. not developing relationship, the goal of working together, it's mm-hmm. out the window. It's Absolutely. not happening. Absolutely. And and maybe you can give a little advice to your demographic. Maybe I can give a little to mine. You may say, well, what's, you know, who, who are you to give advice? I'm not saying that we're the authority on this, but just by profession, I think we even said this last week, you know, we, we, we're pastors by profession, but right. We we don't we don't do um, like small level ministry. We do some high level stuff. We know right. people from all over the country, all right. over the world, right. and we deal with some some high level uh, issues at times. And a lot of those times, they become issues because of a lack of communication. That's for sure. So my advice to my my uh, demographic of my age group, uh, representing the younger the millennials, I'm kind of on the cusp of that uh, now, but. M- a good piece of advice I would give is is even your example with the with the with the staff meeting thing. Like, there's times where you and your your uh, genuineness, your genuineness and your fervor to want to know more. You got to be careful how you even 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 the tones that you use in your questions mm-hmm. towards people twice your age. Right. Because that that's the irony in this. A young person might have in his mind. I just want to communicate with an older person. I just want to, I have an honest question, but you can immediately turn somebody off just by the inflection in your voice, just right. by the tone. Think about that. Right. It's Communication true. can be crushed right off the bat if it's set up the wrong way. Right. 
So I would say work really, really hard when, when, when dealing in your job, at your church, in your family, with people, your, your senior, your elder, work really hard at trying to, if you have a genuine question about something that maybe you don't agree with, or maybe it doesn't sit right with you, and you want to know more why the other person has this stance on it, I would say really work hard at the setup of it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in humility, asking in humility. If you come off, you know, prideful, I know it all, and uh, with some type of an agenda or motive, the communication is not going to happen. That's for sure. I, what, I, what could you, I mean, I, what would you say to your Oh, man, group? I appreciate that, and that's very accurate. You know, I think that we have to be very careful, my generation being set in our ways, and again, all the things that we learned that were, you know, how to communicate to each other. Like, how do you approach somebody? Right. What, what kind of respect? How do you address somebody? How do you enter a room? Do yeah. you make eye contact? Yeah. All the things that we learned that showed respect and were respectful, I think we have to be very careful that we're not, because I've done it. I'm just being honest. Right. I've done it, not not intentionally, mm-hmm. but we are a product of our background. We're a product of our, our family upbringing. We're a product of the generation that we grew up in. Right. So my natural reaction a lot of times was, to prejudge when someone came at me a certain way that I deemed, you know, not super respectful and almost coming off arrogant or with an attitude. Right. And so now all of a sudden I'm coming at them with um, maybe aggression and maybe it's even subdued, but the other person's picking that up. Right. Now I'm coming off with an aggression and the younger generation uh, individual is now looking at that and like, this guy's really doesn't care. This guy really is just attacking me. So now I'm attacking him. So if I'm if I'm if we're not even connecting, the value of what our generation might have right. can't even be tapped into. Yeah, that's really good, and it's it's important. Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. Um, I mean, wow, how many how many? I keep saying businesses because it's just the first thing I can think of. But how many uh, you know business groups, church groups, families could be at a better place than they're at? Right. If there was a little bit better communication along the way. Well, what's some of the biggest things that we hear, Joe? You talked about we're, we're in full-time ministry. Some of the big biggest things we hear, we hear it almost every day is, I can't I can't handle my parents. I can't handle my father. Right, right. I can't handle my mother. I right. can't handle my boss. Sure. You know, I can't deal with them. They're always coming down on me. They're right. always, you know, so think of the lost opportunities there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, some people are just wired to... When there's a problem, when something doesn't sit well with them, go and confront it. Right. And that could be good or that could be bad. But at least what they're saying is, I want to communicate about this. Exactly. Then there's other people that when something rubs them the wrong way or whatever, they just, you know, get out of Dodge. Or or they say, I broke my back. (laughs) Or they break their back. But I mean, I don't think communication, you can go wrong in that, in that situation. Absolutely not. You've got to communicate to advance and grow relationship. It is as ridiculous as being in a relationship with your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend and not communicating with them and expecting the relationship to get better. It's as ridiculous as trying to grow your relationship with God. Yep. Oh, man, we could get off on a tangent there. Yep. I mean, how many many of us are wondering why our relationship with the Lord is not better? Right. And he's saying, well, when's the last time you talked to me? When's the last right. time you communicated with me? Well, because maybe we assume God's mad at us based on our past experiences. Okay, well, God must be mad at me. And we're reading God wrong. Right. I mean, we got to learn how to deal with individual people, right. relationships in home, relationship in life, so we can deal with our relationship with God so you don't break your back. Absolutely. <laughs> no, there's no question about it. Uh, I mean, listen, for the for the little 
And I mean little because it's, there's, you know, uh, not, we're, we're trying to grow our listener database. I think there's a couple hundred listeners, but if we can, if we can encourage a little bit, a little sliver of encouragement to people out there, if you see relationships, because again, we're springboarding off last week's episode into this week with the communication from the relationships. If you see negative relationships in your life in any sphere that you're involved in, I would challenge you to try to grow in your own communication mm-hmm. and not just necessarily more. I don't think quantity is the answer here, but it's quality of communication. Absolutely. Like there has to, yes, there has to be also a quantity of communication there. You have to be doing it, but also, you know, how you set it up, right? How, how you receive it. Right. Uh, I'm a type A personality. One of the, one of the traits, personality traits of a type A or an assertive personality is you're kind of always, looking for something to, you know, be disloyal to you or you're looking for a problem. You're looking right. for someone to, right. to, to, you're suspicious right. of people. Right. And that's not good. You know, well, if, you, if, well, someone, you always get the sense that someone's trying to get over on you. Right. As a type right. A. Right. And that's not good because somebody could approach you and genuinely tr- trying to communicate with you. Right. And all of a sudden you're like wondering in the back of your mind, like, what's their game? What's like, their that, angle? That's not good. I think yeah. you have to know your weaknesses and, and not feed into them. So would you agree that humility on both uh, parties is important? That's the key, man. And, and forget with relationships and, commu- and communication. Humility is the key to anything in life. I right. mean, this is, the, this is the core of what the Bible really is about. Oh, I mean, boy. The, the core of the Bible is love, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't love without being humble. Absolutely. Jesus didn't just say love one another. He did say, you know, the most important commandment is love your God. Yeah. Uh, but he's, And he said uh, the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Right. But he also said things like love your enemies. Right. Pray right. for those who, you know, despitefully use yeah. you. Right. I mean, think about this. Right. That is the epitome. Bless those that curse you. Bless those that curse you. If, right. if you turn the other cheek, give right. your enemy your, your, your jacket when they take your shirt. I mean, right. man, this is, not, this is not exciting, fun stuff to, to hear. But it's humility, right? And but, and what Jesus was saying was, this is the way to make your relationships better. But this is the way to make your world a better place no by doubt. showing humility. No doubt about it. I love the verse too that says, "God resists the proud, right? But He gives more grace to the humble, right?" So you're always, you know, you're drawing God's grace. You're drawing God's ability when right. you're acting in humility. Haven't you ever noticed it when there's a humble person? I mean, there's one. Take two guys. Take two two ball players. Yep. They're both at the same level, phenomenal. But yep. there's something that draws you to the guy that's humble about it. Yeah. And there's something that repels you about right. the guy that's got to tell you how great he is every yeah, yeah, yeah. every second of the day. Sure. You know? Sure. We know we know you're good. Okay. We right. get it. But when you flaunt it and you act that way and yep. you're better than anybody else right. and you're all at and you know what you don't have to follow the rules or nothing. Right. It sends off a real bad vibe. Absolutely. So right. humility draws a different presence. You know, I'm a big, big Yankees fan. Yes. And just in, in uh, closing here, I you saying that makes me think of my whole childhood and my teenage and, and 20s when Derek Jeter and A-Rod played simultaneously on yeah. the same team for wow. so long. And it was it's always this unspoken thing, but everybody knows it's legit, is that A-Rod was a better player than Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. I mean, superior in, in, in his, 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 his defense, his his uh, power, mm-hmm. his his hitting. I mean, he won multiple MVP awards throughout his career. I don't think Derek ever won one MVP. And um, Jeter was the much 
more respected player. Mm-hmm. He was the much, and I'm talking before the steroid scandal. This is way before that ever came out a couple of years back. Derek was much more respected. Uh, he was much uh, more loved. He was always seen as the captain. And, yeah. and Alex always wanted that, even right. being a better athlete, right. being a better player. Right. And it's because exactly what you're saying. He always played with, uh, Alex would always play with a little bit of a flair, a little bit of yep. an arrogance, yep. a little bit of flashiness. Yep. And whether that's right or wrong, Jeter just always laid low. You remember right. him in those press conferences? Yeah. Just always just always humble, right. laid low, was never in the tabloids. There was never a negative story about him. And, man, think about their legacies. And, of course, we know that the steroid thing only made it worse for A-Rod. Right. But their legacies now is one being perhaps the greatest Yankee ever right. in the history of right. baseball. I mean, up there with Babe Ruth yeah. and Mickey Mantle. Amazing. And as it sits now... Alex Rodriguez not only will not go down as one of the greatest Yankees, he won't even make the Hall of Fame right. unless the writers start changing their votes and let some of these guys that have done admitted to taking steroids in the Hall of Fame. Right. He's not even going to make the Hall of Fame. Right. Tarnished so, legacy. So People you, look down on him. Think about those the, the two examples. Yeah, so you can shape your legacy by your attitude. There's no question. You could actually shape how people see you. I'm not a great baseball fan like you. Love, I like baseball. And I can't even think of one person I've ever heard, ever, ever say a bad word about Derek Jeter. Yeah, right. Ever. Right. Because he had a great attitude. Sure. So I think in communication, Joe, what we're saying is I think both sides, no matter how old or how young you are, check your attitude. Right. Check your humility gauge. You know, where are you at? Um, Check your motivation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we got to do something powerful together. It takes both generations. Absolutely. Communication is key. Listen, for Mad World, I'm Joe Arminio signing off saying... And this is Don signing off saying, what are you saying, Don? Spinal. (laughs) My back is broken. My back feels like it's broken right now from sitting on this chair. So we're going to go. We are so excited to have you back in next week where maybe we'll use this communication conversation as a little springboard for something else because, man, relationships is 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 so key. It's where it's, it's at. It really, really is key. That's the name of the ball game. So we will see you next week, or you'll you won't see us, and we won't see you, but you'll hear us next week right here on Mad World. Mad World's podcast is brought to you by Abundant Life Whippany, where Donnie and I serve as associate pastors. For more information, visit ALWCW.com.